that's it. The Atlanta Falcons, NFC champions. Atlanta Falcon fans around the world. Blogging Dirty now presents the Talking Dirty Birds podcast. With your hosts, bloggingdirty.com site experts, Ikai Kahal and Randy Gersey. So get ready to rise up because it's time to talk dirty. Dirty Birds, that is. What is going on, Atlanta Falcons fans? My name is Ikaika Hall, and joining me is my counterpart, uh, co-site editor of bloggingdirty.com, Randy Gersey. We are excited to be with you. We will be discussing uh, on this particular Talking Dirty Birds podcast uh, Atlanta's recent Week 14 victory over the New Orleans Saints. In addition, Randy and I will be taking a look at the final three games of the Atlanta Falcons' regular season schedule. As you well know, Falcons fans, if Atlanta, if the Atlanta Falcons can win out, meaning if they can win the next three games, they are definitely in control of their own destiny and will certainly come away with the NFC South divisional title. Now, had we had said this two or three months ago when the Falcons were sitting at 4-4 four and four, or when they lost at home to the Bills or when they lost at home to the Miami Dolphins, would you have thought that they would be in position to actually win the division given how well the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers have played? Nonetheless, here we are. We're here. It's a possibility, possibility rather, and we're going to talk about it on this Talking Dirty Birds podcast. But, again, joining me – is Mr. Randy Gersey. Randy, how are you, good sir? I'm doing excellent. How about you today, my man? I'm doing good. And, you know, I always, I'm always in a good mood following a Falcons victory, of course. Um, on Thursday, the Atlanta Falcons defeated the New Orleans Saints. And uh, my wife will be the first to tell you, if the Falcons win, that means that we are going to be watching nothing but Atlanta Falcons highlights on our TV for the following <laughs> week. So that's what we're doing now. Our TV has been inundated with highlights from the game, um, going back and watching film. That's only if we win. If we don't win, I want nothing to do with it. I leave the loss behind. But I have been doing amazing because the Falcons have been winning. And speaking of which, Randy, I want to get your thoughts on this most recent win versus New Orleans Saints. Yes, the scoreboard said 20 to 17 Falcons, but you and I both know there are a lot of things within that game in terms of Falcons play that was pretty ugly. But let me get your opinion on the Falcons' victory versus the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night. You know, it was a really ugly game. It was one of those where you sit back and you say, how did they pull that out? But the fact is, if you, you want to build a championship team, you're going to have a couple of those ugly wins like that. So it was good that, you know, the last time we talked, we sat here and talked about how they had the ugly game against the Vikings, but they were unable to pull it out, and that really didn't sit well with us at all. But this one was a little different. You know, they, they found a way. They continually did something to put themselves in the hole, you know, whether it be an interception or just – you know, a penalty that would kill a drive or something like that. But in the end, you know, Deion Jones stepped up, intercepted the pass when 
Drew Brees, I don't know what he was thinking, you know, that the throw he never should have made, but, you know, he, he tried to force it in there. Instead of holding on for the tie, he tried to go for the win, and the Falcons were able to pick it off. And it's just, like I said, it's one of those ugly wins you've got to get, and, you know, thankfully they were able to pull it off. Um, let me ask you this, because uh, this is something that I think you may have alluded to in a piece of yours, but Matt Ryan and his play uh, on Thursday night, post-game, he admitted to making a poor throw there within the red zone, threw up a, I don't know what it was, to Julio Jones. Nonetheless, it was picked off by a mm-hmm. Saints defender. Can you speak to Matt Ryan's play in particular and what we saw on Thursday night? Because i got to tell you, if this was anywhere else, if they were playing this game in New Orleans, Matt Ryan throws that many picks. Now, granted, one of those picks, you know, came straight off of the hands and out of the chest of tight end Austin Hooper. So that wasn't necessarily on Ryan. But right. a couple of those passes, boy, those were some poor choices by Ryan. Can you speak to his play? And what happened to the 2016 Matt Ryan? All last year he had his fair shares of interceptions as well. But who is this Matt Ryan, and which Matt Ryan are we going to see moving forward in these final three games and potentially into the playoffs? Um, you know, I think that, unfortunately, this is who Matt Ryan is. You know, last year I think was more of the aberration. You know, he was – or the anomaly, excuse me. You know, he was different last year than he had been throughout his career. Um, you know, I mean, in 2015, he had 16 interceptions. In 2014, he had 14 interceptions. You know, last year he had only seven. And that just – it was just – everything was flowing for him. It was just working right for him. Um, you know, that's not to say that I think he's a bad quarterback, but this is just one of those things you have to take with him. He he has all the confidence in the world, and he thinks he can get some of those throws in, and a lot of times he does. You know, you look back to the Super Bowl – um, you know, I'm trying to open any wounds here, but the throw he made to Julio Jones that should have been a game winner, I mean, he had no business throwing that, but he threaded it in there. And so I think it's a combination of his confidence, but I also think he's pressing a little bit right now. You know, he was he came into this game, you know, the Vikings lost, didn't sit well. I mean, if it didn't sit well with us, you know it didn't sit well with the fans, or I mean, excuse me, with the players. Um, so I think he was pressing a little. He was trying to make something happen, especially the interception he threw to Lattimore right before the half. Um, you know, he was just trying to make something happen, get them down the field. The throw to Julio Jones, uh, again, just, you know, trying to force it in there and get something to, to Jones, trying trying to, I think, make something happen where rather than letting the game flow naturally. And, um, I mean, I don't know, is that the way you see it? Do you see it differently? You know, if I'm speaking to that specific throw, and I know which one you're talking about there, um, in the Super Bowl, I think it's one of those instances. I'm going to give Ryan the benefit of, benefit of the doubt. It's one of those instances where you throw it up and you put it in the place where only your receiver can make a play on it, and you hope that he does. In this case, Julio Jones did. In regards to Matt Ryan's play versus the Saints on Thursday, and a couple of questionable passes, nay, horrible passes. I don't know who that Matt Ryan is, and I would hate to admit or accept the fact that this is Matt Ryan. This is who we're going to get with Matt Ryan. We're going to get 
poor decision-making or poor execution. I want to believe that he is an elite quarterback. Granted, he won the MVP last year, right? But here's the deal. Falcons fans don't hate me. If Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers did not have to start to the 2016 season that they did, if they were to start off hot, would Matt Ryan have been last year's MVP? I mean, I guess we could argue all day long over hypotheticals. My point being is, yes, I do think Matt Ryan is MVP caliber, is elite caliber. He doesn't show it on a consistent basis. Randy, my question to you is, what Matt Ryan are we going to get moving forward? Again, I ask, what Matt Ryan are we going to get moving forward versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, versus the New Orleans Saints again, and then in Week 17 versus the Carolina Panthers? Who are we going to see in these final three games, in your opinion? You know, I kind of got ripped for this one um, in one of the pieces that I had recently. I was talking, you know, I put a lot of the blame to some of the woes on Matt Ryan, and I called him wildly inconsistent. And uh, I had a few commenters on there telling me that that was a, a stretch. But I don't think it is. I think throughout this whole year, you know, I know he's ranked number two overall. Um, at least I believe he was last week. I don't know. I hadn't looked this week, but at Pro Football Focus, they had him as the number two ranked quarterback. But I think that means – to me, I look at that and say, you know, he's had some really high moments, but he's also had some really low moments. So you just never know what you're going to get. And unfortunately right now, if you look at him over his past couple games, you know, he hasn't been that great. He's had over uh, one touchdown and three interceptions over the last two games. He didn't get a touchdown or an interception at all. Even in the Tampa Bay game, um, excuse me, the, the Seahawks game before the Tampa, game, the Tampa Bay game, he didn't even hit 200 yards passing so I think that we are going to continue to see him struggle I just you know you want to believe and you want to sit there and say that yes he's going to have a breakthrough yes he's going to start playing well but every time you see a little bit of that he starts to regress some and you know and I want to kind of piggyback on what you just said about the whole MVP thing you know you say what if uh, the Falcons or the uh, Packers had got hot well what if uh, Le'Veon Bell wasn't suspended the first few games, you know, um, I think you know it was just a perfect storm for Matt Ryan to walk away with that MVP. And unfortunately, you look at his statistics throughout his career, and that is the one year that really stands out as being different. So, you know, I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but I just, to me, I don't see him changing very much from what we've witnessed over the last couple of weeks. Well, luckily for Matt Ryan. And luckily for Falcons fans, the Atlanta Falcons defense has stepped up. And I can think of three instances where the Atlanta Falcons defense has won the game. And I'm going to give you those three examples now. I go back to week one in Chicago. And, you know, the Falcons in the game with the sack. Now, granted, Chicago arguably should have walked away with the victory. They had a chance to win it. They dropped a pass in the end zone. Brooks Reed comes around the corner and gets the sack, ends the game. That was the defense. Of course, we know in week one that offense was not they should have. Arguably, you can note Austin Hooper had an immaculate touchdown reception uh, really off of a arguably broken play uh, or poor or, or broken coverage on behalf of the, of the Bears the Falcons took advantage of. But nonetheless, Credit where credit is due. Uh, It was a great touchdown run by Austin Hooper. Getting back to the defense, 
the second game that I'm making note of is the Detroit Lions. Detroit comes up, we all know, mm. an inch short of the goal line. The point of the matter is they came up short of the goal line. And if those defenders were not right there, if the defender was not right there, I think, I'm thinking maybe it was pool. I don't have uh, – uh, I, I, I'm thinking it was pool that was right there. Uh, if not, then my apologies uh, for, for uh, mistaking there. But nonetheless, the fact that they did touch the receiver before entering the end zone, the fact that they did prevent him uh, from entering the end zone, that, that Lions receiver, again – Hand, hand, you know, again, I'll, I'll give that to the defense. And also in that game versus the Detroit Lions, uh, Matt Ryan and that offense turned the ball over multiple times. And then last last Thursday, the New Orleans Saints. Matt Ryan throws this ball to the Saints multiple times, gifts them the ball, early Christmas present to the Saints. The defense has to step up. And then here comes Deion Jones. Here comes Deion Jones with arguably one of the most magnificent interceptions I've ever seen. For a linebacker to do what Jones did was absolutely out of this world. Catching that pass, catching that Drew Brees ball, uh, basically going backwards, having to jump, and then altering his body midair was absolutely incredible. My point being is I gave you three examples, the Bears, the Lions, the Saints, of when the defense stepped up and won these games. So good news to good news for Atlanta Falcons fans rather. If in fact Matt Ryan is not going to step up over these next three games and play at an elite level, okay, play at a level that says, hey, you know, I'm going to make the best decisions. I'm going to have a great QBR. Um, you know, I'm going to take control here. If we don't get that Matt Ryan, at least we can somewhat take comfort in knowing this defense has won at least three games for this Falcons team, Falcons team this year alone. So that leads me into my next topic. Over these next three games, we talked about what Matt Ryan we might see. Let me ask you this, Randy. Which Falcons defense will we see? What Falcons defense will we see, rather? Uh, will we see an, an even more improved Falcons defense over these next three games, in your opinion? Um, certainly, you know, talk to me a little bit about their performance Thursday versus the Saints. But what do you see coming, out, coming from this defense in these next three games as well? Uh, the, I think you hit it right on the head. You know, those games were won because of the defense, which is a completely different uh, thing than what we're used to with the Atlanta Falcons. So you can take a lot of comfort in that. You know, Matt Ryan doesn't have to carry the burden on his own. And not even just the defense, but, I mean, you've got a, a solid running game. Um, I believe uh, Devontae uh, the Freeman is the highest paid running back, if I'm not mistaken, per average uh, with the new contract he was given. So, they can rely on the defense and the run game down the stretch, you know, if, if Ryan continues to struggle. But as far as the defense goes, I think they're really starting to click. You have a lot of young players over here, and uh, they're all working really hard uh, to learn the Dan Quinn system to perfect it. You're starting to see Todd McKinley getting even more pressure. Grady Jarrett's been great this year. Um, Don Terry Poe, who I've been – I was really critical of the signing. He's really starting to, you know, make his impact felt pressure in there, you know, stuff in the run rather than just being some gimmick fullback. 
that they, you know, that they throw out there every now and then. So I, I'm really excited about the defense. You know, Deion Jones is, he's a monster out there. He's, you know, all over the field flying around. Um, I have a lot of high hopes for this defense, but another thing I'm going to bring up, bringing up the Detroit game, uh, it just, you know, kind of made me made me laugh a little last week when the Saints had the penalty on the field goal attempt just before the half when they had the uh, the tackle was lined up wrong and you had the 10 second runoff. Have you ever remember a time in the NFL where a team benefited twice like that and really? You know, if you look at the game, a 20 to 17 game, that three points might have made the difference. See, uh, New Orleans instead of throwing it towards the end zone, may have just held on, tried to kick the field goal in the tie game. So, really, have you, have you ever remember a, a team really benefiting, getting two wins because of a 10 second runoff? You know, I'm going to say no off the top of my head, but I think you bring up a very good point. And Atlanta Falcons fans, listen. If uh, that Saints lineman was not lined up offsides and that field goal heading into the second half would have counted, we're looking at a tie game, okay, um, there at the end. And Drew Brees and the Saints, they're not looking for a touchdown. They could also be just looking at a field goal, controlling the clock and getting a field goal. So – Falcons, you did get a little lucky there. Falcons fans, you did get a little lucky there. And again, I'm not taking away from the Falcons' win. Uh, a win's a win's a win. But Matt Ryan, you Matt have Ryan throwing that ball, uh, you know, at the end uh, at the end of the first half, turning that ball over. And here's the deal: I watched the play multiple times. Uh, Falcons fans, I think even Julio Jones himself argued that. He was being held by Marshawn Lattimore, if I'm not mistaken. Was that not who was talking about, Randy? Yeah, that's who I believe was the, uh, the the target of his frustration. Yeah, so yeah, so you know, looking at that pass, regardless that pass should have been thrown. If you're trying to throw a 50-50 ball, then at least make it 50-50, not 99.91. You know, 0.1% to 99.9%. 99.9% meaning that the defender had a 99.9% chance of catching that ball. Julio had a 0.1% chance. He was thrown at the body of the defender as opposed to being thrown over the defender's head. Give Julio a chance to at least make a play on him. Poor decision-making by Ryan. And Ryan got bailed out by that uh, Saints offensive line. You know, these final three games, yep. fans, you just want Ryan to not turn the ball over, period. At this point, you just want him to score points. And if it's field goals, if it's touchdowns, okay, fine. Just don't turn the ball over. Don't make it that much more difficult on the defense. I mean, goodness gracious, I think the defense has been asked to step up and do more than they really should this season, uh, in my opinion. But I think they've, for the most part, answered the call. So, you know, currently the uh, currently NFL.com uh, has the Falcons ranked uh, top in terms of defense. I think they have maybe ranked at seven overall. ESPN ranks them uh, there at eight. Very interesting. Very interesting to say that we have a top ten defense. Certainly, I don't think that was the case uh, even 
beginning uh, of the season towards the middle of, of 2016 even. Uh, but it's very interesting to note. And, you know, I got to tell you, let's see if uh, this Falcons defense can turn it up yet even another notch. Question, Randy, what is missing from this Falcons defense? What improvements, improvements rather, might they need to make over the next three regular season games to defense from a seventh or eighth ranking into the top five? Um, I, I would say they're actually pretty close. If you look at the two teams that they played over the last two weeks, you know, they – play the New Orleans Saints, who are uh, the number four ranked offense in the NFL. I believe the Vikings at the time they played are the number five. And you go against teams that are in the top five for defense and you hold them to 14 and 17 points respectively. You know, you, that's that to me is a team that's clicking on defense. I think the one thing that they're missing is uh, Vic Beasley right now. You know, he led the NFL in sacks last season. Uh, I believe, what was it, 15 and a half? Yeah, that he had this season so far. He's only got four. And I just feel like with the pieces around them, they've got some guys that can, you know, get their hands on the football. Keanu Neal, uh, Deion Jones can just, you know, sideline to sideline, deliver the hits. You know, they've got those guys. They've got the run stuffers, pressure up the middle. But Vic Beasley is just not playing like he did last year. Granted, he had the injury earlier in the season, missed a few games. But even when he's been back, he hasn't been that dominant force that he was that was just wreaking havoc back there. And I, I don't know what it is that's, you know, changed for him, but I feel like if they could get him going in the this final three-game stretch in the playoffs, that could be the difference between them being a good defense and a championship defense. In terms of defense and in terms of this defense stepping it up even more so over the next three games, you know, I think it comes down to defensive line play and uh, these front four are getting pressure on the, oppos- on, the, on the opposing quarterback. Now, we've seen them face Cam Newton already. We saw them face uh, yes. Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, we've seen them face Tyrod Taylor. So they have certainly faced uh, mobile quarterbacks this season. I thought that they fared pretty well against Russell Wilson, uh, really well against Russell Wilson. I thought that they fared. In fact, I'm leaving out one, Dak Prescott. Uh, Now, granted, Dak's offensive line was a little banged up, and he was missing uh, running back Ezekiel Elliott uh, for that game to alleviate a little pressure with the run game. But nonetheless, even uh, even a mobile quarterback like Dak Prescott Atlanta has faced these quarterbacks. Uh, they have to they have to face Cam Newton again. They're in week 17. If these front four can continue to get, if Atlanta's front four can continue to get pressure on these quarterbacks, and they may have to face uh, James Winston, uh, <clears throat> and they're in week 15, but uh, on Monday Night Football, if the Atlanta Falcons' front four can really get to the quarterback over these next three games, man, I got to tell you, that's going to be really exciting. It's going to be really exciting because if we can consistently get to the quarterback, I think that adds yet another element to the Falcons team as a whole 
and doesn't necessarily put as much pressure on the offense to step up and perform, although that is certainly important. My point being is that if the defense can go out there and prevent teams from scoring, well, um, I think that certainly plays well, obviously, uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. Randy, my question to you, um, granted, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially been eliminated from playoff contention, but looking ahead to this Week 15 matchup, you heard of, you know, we've heard of trap games. Certainly, this could be a trap game. What is your thoughts on this uh, Week 15 matchup versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers set to take place on Monday Night Football there in Tampa? Uh, is this a trap game for the Falcons? Do they you know, lose this game? Do they win this game in, uh, you know, in, in considerable fashion, meaning do they go out and they make another statement game that truly they are the best team in the NFC, NFC South or plan to be when the season's, regular season's over? Uh, which Falcons team as a whole will we see on Monday night versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I think that really um, probably the best things – there's a couple things that happened that could have been great for the Falcons going into this game. The first being that they had the Bucks completely put away, and then Tampa Bay made a, a little mini run at the end there. I believe they got it within a touchdown before Atlanta finally just put it out. You know, and I remember seeing our Twitter going crazy where people were going, "Not this again!" You know, um, I think that you know, coupled with the fact that they struggled so much with New Orleans last week is good. I think. You know, obviously at the time you're not feeling it's good because you're sitting there watching it biting your fingernails down. But it, it's it's good for the players because they're not coming into this game thinking that they're invincible. They're coming into this game realizing that Tampa Bay put up points in a hurry. They're realizing that you know they didn't play their best against New Orleans. So they still, you know, as we pointed out already, they they control their own destiny. They're number six right now um, for the playoff spot. So you know, if they win all their games, they're the final three games. All they're going to do is get better positioning. But I think the best thing for them is they're not coming in there thinking they're on top of the world and they're untouchable. They're coming in here with something to prove and trying to get better. And I think, you know, having said that, to me that means, yes, this could be a trap game if they came in here overconfident. But I don't think that's going to be an issue with the way the last two weeks have played out. I see it being more of a game where they're saying, okay, we've got to get our stuff together. We've got to get, you know, fix up the mistakes, clean a few things up. And I I think they're going to come out there, and I think they're going to do a good job. I see this one being being similar to the last time they played Tampa Bay where you're going to see a high offensive output, but I also don't think that we're going to see the defense allow Tampa Bay back into the game. I think the defense is going to clean it up, and I think they're going to play a lot stronger against them just like they have the last couple of weeks. Some good news. I, I, I take that as some good news, and I think you make a very valid point. This Falcons team, albeit just defeated their divisional rival, New Orleans Saints, just days prior they lost to the Minnesota Vikings. That's defeated, particularly after they have their three-game winning streak snapped. Of course, prior to losing the Vikings, they defeated the Cowboys, Seahawks, and Buccaneers. I'm going to give you Falcons fans more good news. Let's look at the glass as full Certainly, I think that uh, the Falcons are capable of beating the Buccaneers. Do I think that Atlanta goes into Tampa and defeats the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 15? I'm going to say yes, although my official score prediction 
uh, has not been released yet, and it will be published on bloggingdirty.com. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. The Falcons will defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I'm not done with my good news. I'm not done with my good news, Falcons fans. I've got some more good news for you because, as I said, we're looking at the Saints game, but we're also looking at the next three, uh, the Saints game from from, uh, week 14, but we're also looking at the next three matchups, the Buccaneers, the Saints, and the Panthers. I got some good news for you, Falcons fans. Before we look at this last and final matchup in week 17 versus the Carolina Panthers, I want you to listen uh, listen to some of this information here. Of course, the Atlanta Falcons are 8-5 and five on the season. Those five losses came to the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, Carolina Panthers, and the Minnesota Vikings. Two of those teams, we can all agree, the Atlanta Falcons has, had no business losing. Talking about the Buffalo Bills, talking about the Miami Dolphins. And to be quite honest with you, there's a third team that I'm going to throw in there. I don't think that Atlanta um, should have – I think Atlanta rather – should have won that game against the Minnesota Vikings. Noted. I, noted. I didn't say the Carolina Panthers. I said the Minnesota Vikings. They should have very well won that game. But uh, it's the past is the past. About those five losses, aside from the New England, aside from the loss to the New England Patriots, a, a score in which, uh, or a game in which the Atlanta Falcons lost by 16 points. The Atlanta Falcons, in their other four losses versus the Bills, Dolphins, Panthers, and Vikings, have lost the game by five points or less. They lost by five points to the Bills. They lost by three points to the Dolphins. They lost by three points to the Panthers. They lost by five points to the Minnesota Vikings. All less than five points. What I'm saying is, folks, this Falcons team – if they can alter a few things, this Falcons team could legitimately go undefeated the rest of the season. They could legitimately run the table and win their next and final three games. Now, granted, I hear you. You're going to tell me, well, they could have lost that game in Chicago. They could have lost that game in Detroit. I hear you. Okay, I get it. But they didn't. They won. And I'm telling you that the games they lost – Four out of those five games, they lost by less than five points against the Carolina Panthers, who are right there at the top uh, of the NFC South, who just defeated the Minnesota Vikings. And they lost by less than five points to the Minnesota Vikings themselves, arguably one of the best teams in the NFC, if not in football. So that's good news, Falcons fans, because you lost twice to the Panthers and Well, you lost to the Panthers, you lost to the Vikings, but yet you still find yourself in contention to win the division. I'm going to tell you, I think, the Carolina, I think Atlanta could very well pull out a victory in Week 17 versus the Carolina Panthers. But before we look at that game, I'm also going to give you this. Under, the co- under, head coach, under Falcons head coach Dan Quinn, in the Dan Quinn era since he entered uh, – since he – since he became the head coach of Atlanta Falcons in 2015, in the month of December, including this season, the 2017 season, the Atlanta Falcons are seven and four. In the uh, in the month of uh, in the month of December, the, the the Falcons are seven and four. Real quick, 
I'm looking over my notes here. I need to go back and correct myself. I said that uh, Atlanta lost by five points to the Bills. I think they actually lost by six. So six points nonetheless, two field goals. Uh, going back, lost by six points. Uh, but, again, in these five losses, aside from that 16-point loss to the Patriots, they've lost by six points or less. And, and, and to me, that tells me that the, the victory is right there for the taking. It's just going to take some uh, – it's going to take some – uh, it's going to take a few more things to fall the balance's way, and I think that we can see that happen. But in the month of December, under the under coach Dan Quinn, the Falcons are seven and four. To me, more than a record or beyond a record, that tells me that Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, come December, they've got some juice, they've got some momentum. And remember that 2015 season that was a dog season. That was ugly. Season, I think Atlanta finished with an eight and eight record. But in the month of December, the Atlanta Falcons have fared quite well, arguably. So seven and four record, I'll take it. They got to go face the Buccaneers in Tampa. They got to go face the Saints in Louisiana, and then they have to play the Carolina Panthers. More good news at home. Randy, talk to me about this Carolina Panthers game. And certainly we'll look at it more in depth as we get closer to Week 17. But let's talk about this Carolina Panthers game. And are the Falcons capable of defeating the Panthers this time, the same Panthers team that just defeated the Minnesota Vikings? Are they capable of defeating the Carolina Panthers this time, especially because they're going to be playing at home? But Carolina does have Cam Newton, and he's looking really good. You know, the the Panthers are such a hard team to figure out because you're right, Cam Newton, you watch him and you think, man, he, do, he does look really good, but you look over his numbers and the, the guy doesn't throw for a lot of yards. You know, he had 137 last week when they beat the Vikings, you know, 183 the week before, 168 against the Jets. But he gets it done. He gets the throws that matter. You know, he seems to come up with a third down throw. He comes up with a nice touchdown pass. And then, of course, he takes off and he runs like, you know, 50, 60 yards every single game, it seems. Um, but, you know, even with that being said, I think, you know, you've already alluded to it, the, the Falcons defenders have done a pretty good job facing mobile quarterbacks for the most part this season. And with them playing at the confidence level that they're playing at, I think that they'll be able to do a pretty good job of crowning the running. And if you force Cam Newton to pass, you have a shot to beat them. You know, again, talking about less than 200 yards uh per game over the last, it looks like, let me see here, five of the last six games, I believe he had less than 200 yards passing. So they have the fast guys on defense, the linebackers, you know, the real quick guys on the edge that can control Cam Newton and make him throw. And if you make him throw, especially after they traded Kelvin Benjamin, which I don't know what they were thinking of that, you know, trading a guy who's had a 1,000 yards in the NFL, you know, recently you trade him for, what, a third-round pick and a seventh-rounder, I believe. It, it, that one just blew my mind. But I think without him, Devin Funch is being the number one guy now. I, I really have faith that it, that the Falcons can win that game. And, you know, granted we'll see what happens with New Orleans next week. You know, I believe they're going to win Tampa Bay against Tampa Bay. But they could very well be playing that game against Carolina for the division, and I think they'll have a great shot of beating them. And, you know, I didn't purposely overlook Week 16 versus New Orleans Saints. 
Uh, I specifically left that one off. They just played the Saints. Yes, they beat them, but as Randy and I pointed out, they got lucky, okay? The Atlanta Falcons got lucky that the offensive lineman there for the Saints was offside there, uh, you know, and as a result, that field goal leading into the second half was our leading into leading into the half leading into halftime was overturned. Um, not to say the Atlanta Falcons got lucky and Deion Jones intercepted uh, that final pass from Drew Brees. They didn't get lucky and won the game, but they got lucky within that game. It helped them to win the game is what I'm saying. I'm not taking credit away from uh, a W. A W is a W is a W. Um, having that been said, uh, <clears throat> the Falcons know what they have to do to go in to beat the Saints now. They are definitely capable of beating the Saints, as we just saw in Week 14. But uh, I would have to say in the next three games, that's probably the biggest question mark for me. And so I know that we'll have a lot more to talk about uh, as we get closer to that Week 16 matchup. But having that been said, uh, versus the Panthers there in Week 17, um, again, in the, in, the, in the Coach Quinn era, uh, the Falcons are 3-2 and two against the Panthers. Most notably, they defeated the Panthers there in 2015, putting an end to their bid to go undefeated uh, in that particular season. Uh, but they're 3-2 and two against the Panthers. Uh, I think that speaks. Uh, and 3-2, and two, albeit, you know, it is what it is, but uh, three wins against a tough, Minnesota, or, I'm sorry, a tough Carolina Panthers team, arguably last season. You could say that they were, you know, they were definitely missing a step or two. But Cam Newton is still Cam Newton. So, you know, I like Atlanta's odds playing in the stadium, playing in the, in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I liked their odds in that Week 17 matchup. Randy, we've taken a look at the final three games. We'll go into depth and look at that New Orleans Saints game uh, <clears throat> as we get closer to Week 16. Uh, I do have one last question, and, and, and as our time is almost up here, but I have one last question for you. Uh, the Falcons... Uh, ultimately are going to do what? Are they going to get into the playoffs? I guess maybe it's a three-part question. One, are they going to get into the playoffs? Two, are they going to get in the playoffs as a sixth seed, or are they going to win out and maybe get the playoffs as a fourth seed, win the NFC South and get in as a fourth seed? And then I guess the third part of that question, or maybe a separate question all on its own, what does this Falcons team potentially do once they make it to the playoffs? Where do you see this team go from, from here? So, again, uh, my question to you is, um, you know, do they run the table? Do they make it into the playoffs here? Do they make it in as a fifth – I'm sorry, as a sixth seed, uh, final wild card spot, or do they win the division? And if so, uh, if they if and when they get to the playoffs, what does this team what – do what do you see this team doing once they get into the playoffs? It's it's all going to be dependent on this game that's coming up. I think if they come out and they play well, which I'm predicting them to do, if they come out, they play well, and they take care of business against the Buccaneers and do it convincingly, then I have all the faith in the world they're going to take that and they're going to roll up the win on the road against New Orleans. Um, you know, New Orleans is playing better, but the defense is still pretty young as well. They're you know relying on a lot of guys like you know Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus uh, Williams, who are rookies. 
I think that the Saint that the Falcons, um, I, I think they could go ahead and you know I think they learned a lot from this last game, and I think they'll be able to take care of business again. Like I said, it's going to depend on what we see next week, um, but I'm believing that they will, and uh, I think that they do run the table. I think they get in with um, the four seed. You know, to your other question about the, what do they do, I think a lot of that's opened up now. Um, I I kind of had the Philadelphia Eagles team to beat. I thought that they were going to you know, that there really wasn't any holes on that offense, you know, especially after they acquired J.H.I.E. from the Miami Dolphins. You know, they're great on defense. You had the quarterback, receivers, the running back. But, you know, unfortunately, with Carson Wentz tearing his ACL yesterday, you know, you hate to see a guy go down like that. But if you want to look at the big picture, that opens up a lot of things in the NFC where suddenly everybody, I feel like, is much more in play now. Um, that was the one team that I really think was – to, to uh, that the Falcons needed to fear, and um, I, I just don't see that being the case with Nick Foles under center. So, you know, uh, getting back to the Super Bowl is not out of the question for sure. Well, I know Falcons fans, while they might not want to talk about it, I know they must be thinking it. Um, but here we are. Here we are, you know, after – uh, you know, week 14, and the Atlanta Falcons find themselves in position to win the NFC South if they can run the tables. Um, I certainly think it's a possibility. they got to win this game first in, in, in Tampa, and then we'll look at these next two con- the final two contests. they got to get past Tampa first, and albeit Tampa's not going to the playoffs, you know, you got to take care of business each and every single week. Um, but here they are. Here they are, you know, with the potential to win the division, um, after a tough start to the season, and uh, <clears throat> having that been said, um, you know, moving forward, I do think that this Falcons team does have the possibility to wreak havoc in the playoffs, particularly if these Falcons run the table and these Falcons win the final three games, uh, if they can beat the New Orleans Saints in Louisiana, if they can beat the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, at home, I think that does so much for this team's confidence, and I think that um, as as such, as a result, this team is going to do well in the playoffs. But again, they got to take care of business first. So we will uh, we will speak with you again, Falcons fans, here on the Talking Dirty Birds podcast. Uh, you know, uh, probably after that game versus the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football, uh, we'll take the night off to watch the game, but we'll speak with you again. Um, after that game, probably on Tuesday. Um, but, you know, let's watch and see what happens over these next three weeks with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, go to bloggingdirty.com, see uh, our latest news regarding the Atlanta Falcons, our editorials and analysis. You can also follow us on social media. All the information is there on our website. Again, bloggingdirty.com. My name is Ikaika. And, of course, Randy, thank you for joining. Uh, you know, Randy, again, site, co-site editor for bloggingdirty.com. But Randy and I will speak with you next week, Falcon fans, after this Tampa Bay bucket game. Uh, let's see what we can do. Randy, that's it for me, man. It's uh, good to chat with you. Ah, that's always good to chat with you, man. All right. We'll see you later, Falcon fans. 